Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude. We are exploring the themes and the modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Scotty Hines. I am a pastor here at Generations Church. Alongside of me is my buddy Jeff Luddington, lead pastor at Generations Church. How are you, brother? <laughs> I'm good, man. That was a, that was a big wind-up. Lead pastor, Woo. man. I, I am, yeah. It's, it's, I have to put the exclamation mark on there for you, man. Yeah, I appreciate the, the audible exclamation point. <laughs> hey, everybody. So we are in a series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude. As Pastor Scott just said, we are working through the Heidelberg Catechism. If you're unfamiliar with that, it's a way of learning um, based on memorizing questions and answers. So you memorize truth so that when the time you need it, you have it. And uh, we do this in all areas of our life. If you have a business and you're in electrical, you memorize formulas to, to calculate electricity so that you do things right. You find truth and then you memorize answers. And that's what a catechism is. It's, it's a way of growing the truth of our faith. And so we... we uh, find our truth in Scripture. Absolutely. Scripture is our authority. And then this is a way that's been around for thousands of years of training. Uh, honestly, it, it most often like father to son yep. or mother to daughter or, you know, leader to disciple of some sort or whatever. And so the, the Heidelberg is a 450-year-old catechism. Yeah. And so we're working our way through it. Uh, it's broken into 52 what they call Lord's Days. And uh, that meant you start on Sunday and it would be a week's worth of work. And so uh, we're in functionally week 18, Lord's Day 18. And today's got uh, four questions and answers. And so Pastor Scott and I, we're going to read them. I'm going to ask the question like the father or discipler, and he's going to answer like the son or the, the disciple, the student. And uh, we're going to read those back and forth. Uh, and then we will talk about them and how they are relevant to us today. So are you ready? I am ready, Freddie. Ready, man? You pra- me, 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 me. Man. Like you all warmed up, ready to go, yeah, like to vocal my... exercises yeah. and training? Oh, no. oh, please don't. God, everybody just turned out. Listen. What is it? A-E-I-O-U? No. There we go. Something like that. Yes. Yeah, so question 46. Shoot away, brother. All right. What do you mean by saying he, meaning Jesus, ascended to earth? I'm sorry. Let me start. That's yeah. bad. Yeah. Start like, that over. <laughs> insert uh, podcast edit right here. Okay. Question 46. What do you mean by saying he ascended to heaven? That Christ was taken up from earth into heaven before the very eyes of his disciples and remains there on our behalf until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. Question 47, but isn't Christ with us until the end of the world as he promised? Christ is truly human and truly God. In his human nature, Christ is not now on earth, but in his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is never absent from us. All right, let's do one more. Question 48 is this, if his humanity is not present wherever his divinity is, then aren't the two natures of Christ separated from each other? Certainly not. Since divinity is incomprehensible and everywhere present, it must, it must follow that the divinity is indeed beyond the bounds of the humanity which it has taken on and is nonetheless ever and is nonetheless ever in that humanity as well and remains personally united to it. So let me, I, there's one more question and answer today in, 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 in week 18 or Lord's Day 18 uh, as we begin to talk about the ascended Jesus. But I want to break in after three question and answers. And I want to give a little summary, kind of a, a pivot point before we get to question four. 
And here's really what's going on. If if you're brand new to this, if you've never been inside of a church, read the Bible, nothing, and you were to hear these things, the Heidelberg Catechism is walking through a systematic understanding of our faith. And it's really uh, kind of focused in on what was called the Apostles' Creed, something that came out of the first century, but was really kind of written down and formalized in the fourth century. So it's walking through, you know, I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, blah, blah, blah. And it was working through a bunch of things. I believe in Jesus Christ, you know. And then it talks about born of a virgin, suffered under Pontius Pilate, mm-hmm. crucified, died, was buried. And now it's talking about the resurrected and now ascended Jesus, right? And yeah. so ascended means that Jesus, after the resurrection, was on earth for many days, actually several weeks. He proved he was alive after Everybody knew he was dead. He was die- you know, dead for three days, died on a cross, had all the mortal signs of death, was buried, was tended to by people who knew him while he was dead, proving he was dead, and then ascended. I mean, then resurrected, rose back to life. That's the miracle. That's the, that's the we're talking about the exclamation point. Like <laughs> that was the exclamation point that Jesus was the Savior, is the Savior, yeah. that Jesus was God in the flesh, is God in the flesh, right? But after that, the resurrected Jesus then ascended back to heaven. So we have an understanding of Jesus as God who is eternal. No no beginning, no end. He's divine, right? But he became human, right, to, to be what we are to be and to take the penalty that we deserve that he didn't and then to offer us new life, right? So if that's a, a simple summary of the gospel, his life, death, and resurrection, well, then Jesus ascended back to where he came from, right? And And... Philipp, uh, Ephesians talks about that. Philippians talks about the the incarnation, the coming down from heaven, putting on flesh, the humility of Christ. Uh, in fact, that was our Christmas Eve passage, and and we we just need to understand. Okay, now Jesus wasn't God. Well, let me let me first say he wasn't created on Christmas two thousand years ago. Yeah, that Jesus was God in creation. Right, John one one. In the beginning was the Word, meaning Jesus. Yeah. And the word was with God and the word was God. And that, you know, all things were created through Jesus and nothing was created apart from Jesus. Yeah. So Jesus is eternal. Yeah, well, no says, beginning, no end. And that John is keeps going, it says, and the word dwelt among us in right. flesh. And became flesh, right? <laughs> yes. So Jesus became flesh. So that's the incarnation. Yeah. Again, that's what Philippians talks about, Philippians 2. And so Jesus became human. Uh, an early church, uh, one of the apostolic fathers said, he became like us so that we could become like him. Yeah. He became human so that we could be reconciled to God. That's a, a way of kind of summarizing that. But then the doctrine of Jesus or the doctrine of Christ is, and it's got a big theological term, the hypostatic union of Christ, is this, that Jesus is 100% divine and 100% human. Yeah. Now, I don't care if you're, you know, doing new math or common core, <laughs> still 100% is it, right? Like you don't, you you're either you're 50-50, yeah. but Jesus was 100% human, Absolutely. 100% divine, and mm. that has never stopped. In order for Jesus to die, he had to be human. In order for Jesus to be a sacrifice for humanity, he had to be God, right? In order for Jesus to die, he had to be human. In order for him to raise back to life, it required God. Like there's there's, there's this humanity and divinity, divinity and humanity that are wrapped together. Hard to say together, right? I'm wearing on you. That are, are just, they, they have to be reconciled together. Now, human beings are called to, Christians, let me say that. Christians are called to worship God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right. right? Many passages coming out of the Old Testament into the New Testament 
to love God really with every aspect of us. Every. One of those aspects has to be our mind. Like we are not called to be ignorant Christians. Nope. That we are not called to blindly accept things. That's not what faith is. No, not at all. Faith is believing, right, yeah. in things that are not seen. But it's yeah. not just accepting. No. It's, it's like when I say I have faith that this chair that I'm sitting in will hold me, it's really because I've sat in chairs before. I have a, a belief that is based in something. Well, our, our faith is based in truths. It's Absolutely. based in facts. It's based in history. And that Jesus is that that Jesus lived and died and rose again is where we are. And so we're 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 called to wrap our heads around some mysteries in a sense. Absolutely right. So if Jesus is a hundred percent divine and a hundred percent human, that will lead you to some questions. And that's what these are. Imagine you're a little kid. You're going like your your kids. You're you're parenting little kids as they're growing up, and you get a lot of why questions. Oh Lord, right. So, hey, why this? Or why can't I have dessert before dinner? Or whatever it might be. You get questions, right? Oh, yeah, a lot. This is, well, what do you mean by saying he ascended to heaven? Well, that Christ was taken up from earth into heaven before the very eyes of the disciples and remains there on our behalf. Okay, great. What do you mean by the ascension? Jesus left earth, ascended back to his throne in heaven. Okay, great. The next question, but isn't Christ with us until the end of the world as he promised? So think Great Commission, Matthew 28. Yeah. Go and make disciples, baptize them, teach them, right? And he says, and I am with you until the end of the earth, right? Okay, so if Jesus is human and he's humanly not here, how is he with us? Yeah, yeah, I see where you're going with that, yeah. Right, and so the answer is Christ is truly human and truly God. In his human nature, Christ is not now on earth, but in his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, he's never absent from us. So Christ's divinity is present. That's right. And he's present through his Holy Spirit, but Christ in his divinity is able to be beyond his capacity in his humanity. So his humanity is seated with God. His divinity is omnipresent like God, yeah. right? Then it begs another question. Well, if his humanity is not present wherever his divinity is, then aren't the two natures of Christ separated from each other? So are they, are they different? Are yeah. they separate? Which this is a rational question. It's Logic would yep. lead us to this question, right? Yep. And the answer is certainly not, since divinity is incomprehensible and everywhere present. It must follow that the divinity is indeed beyond the bounds of humanity, which it has taken on. And it is nonetheless ever that humanity is well and remains personally united to it. That humanity of Christ is united to his divinity. But I love this. Since divinity is incomprehensible. And so here's what I would say to summarize these three questions. You're called to worship God with your mind. We should ask questions. The Bible is filled with answers to tough questions. Yeah. However, when we're talking about God, whether it is how God has created things or how God allows things or how Christ is both human and divine or how the Trinity is one God, three persons, any of those kind of mysterious questions, we have to remember this, that God is incomprehensible. In other words, he is beyond our comprehension, right? And I always tell people this, in order to understand God, you would have to be equal to God. Yeah. I always tell people the only God you'll ever agree with 100% of the time is you. <laughs> <laughs> Little G, right? Yeah. Little G God, right? So it's this. We can't fully grasp or comprehend God completely. Yeah. But we're called to worship God with our minds. So we're called to ask and seek answers to questions. Absolutely. Right? If we have questions, we're not supposed to be blind Christians, little mm -hmm. sheep wandering off a cliff. Right? <laughs> we are called to 
pursue God with our minds, right? But we have to, in our in, in humility, we have to recognize we may not get everything. We may yeah. not get things right away that we get later, and we may not fully understand something until we're with God. You know what I mean? Like until eternity sets in, right? And so with that in mind, uh, the the Lord's Day 18 questions pivot from some really good questions about the two natures of Christ being fully one and yet fully different, 100% God, 100% man, again, a mystery, not fully comprehensible, but good questions. It pivots to a very actionable or applicational fourth question. So I'll ask, you'll answer again like we've been doing. So here's question 49 if you're listening. How does Christ's ascension to heaven benefit us? First, he is our advocate in heaven in the presence of his Father. Second, we have our flesh as a full guarantee in heaven that Christ, our head, will also take us, his members, up to himself. Third, he sends us a guarantee on earth, his spirit, by whose power we seek what is above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and not the things that are on earth. So this is a very powerful question, an application or a practical question. And maybe if we go back to the last three where it's a very challenging series of questions that are, that are logical, like, well, okay, well, if this is true, how is that true, right? Those are fair questions. Well, then maybe the question becomes like, why is trying to figure out all this stuff important to us, right? And some people are driven to ask questions uh, I know you and I have a good friend named Casey Staggs who listens to this podcast. Yeah, my man. And you cannot get in a car, I cannot get in a car alone with him without a series of questions about faith. And I love it. I mean, I yeah. enjoy the Q&A with him, but his mind is always asking questions, right? And so it. some people are wired like that. Other people are not. Why should we pursue answers to this question about why Jesus in his ascension is good for us? And the answer gives us three things, that he becomes our advocate, right? That we have a full guarantee that he is our head and will also take himself up to us. And third, that he sends us as a guarantee on earth, his spirit, right? A lot of people answer with that third one. His ascension is uh, most beneficial to us because he gives us his Holy Spirit. I like to ask people in discipleship. In fact, Joe, who's sitting here recording us, man, I've asked him this question a couple of times, like, well, what's better than Christ with us, right? And the answer is Christ in us. So when he looked at his disciples and said, listen, it's better that I go away so that I can send a helper to you, or I can send the comforter, the Holy Spirit to you. It's better than Jesus present, because he can only be in one place at one time, to ascend back to heaven and send us his Holy Spirit that is in us, right? And so that one is a common answer. So I want to look at the first two uh, a little more, that he is our advocate. Hebrews tells us that the former priests were, we're talking about the priesthood in the Old Testament, were many in number, uh, and that they were in many in number because they were prevented by, from continuing in office by their deaths, right? Mm. But then talking about Jesus, but he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to him through God since he always lives to make intercession for them. So, wow. super important. Yeah. Why is Jesus' ascension a benefit to us? Because Jesus is praying for us and or, or on our side, conveying that to God right now. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and it also kind of shows you the um, if you kind of take it, it shows you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say the purpose of the priesthood, but it shows you um, the type. That's, I'm looking for yeah. that type element, like yeah. Well, the whole priesthood was was structured to show us 
our, 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 you know, what we lack mm-hmm. and to expose him or to glorify him and to show how yeah. he completes the priesthood. Like it's a shadow, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, we talk about in the Old Testament, there were three offices in the Old Testament, yeah. prophet, priest, and king, yep. right? All of them filled by failed failure people, yeah. right? The best ones were all flawed, yep. right? Even David. But it also, yeah, right? Yeah. David, probably the highest known king, but he's also a murderer and a cheat on his wife, right? He's I mean, like job. all kinds of craziness, right? The prophets that, you know, Moses failed, you know, and, and didn't even get to enter into the promised land. You know, priests that fell down on their job, literally the high priest, they fell down on their job. God would strike them dead on the spot. That's a whole other story if you're listening today. But Talk about accountability. Right, right. <laughs> But the priesthood uh, was to teach us really about Christ, that, that priests exist to uh, be a go-between between us and God, right? Mm-hmm. To bring the people to God and God to the people, if you will, Yeah. right? And so Jesus, being the fulfillment of the priesthood, really brings us to God by his life, death, and resurrection, but, brings God, but, but also brings God to us by his petition, his prayer, his intercession for us. And so we get this image. So the question is, why is the ascension good for us? Because Jesus ascending back to heaven gives him the place of where he sits in prayer for his church. That's amazing, right? Amazing. When I have a hard time, I ask you to pray for me, Joe to pray for me. When you're having a hard time, I pray for you, right? Yeah. To know that Jesus is praying on our behalf right now is a powerful thing to understand. Yeah, very much so. Hebrews, two chapters later, says this in Hebrews 9, For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, Mm. which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Jesus is there on our behalf. That is a hope-giving, life-giving, amazing, amazing thought. Yeah, it really is. When you you think about Christ, um, again, no, let me back up. When I was talking about before, the priesthood being a type, it even says right there in Hebrews that these things are a type to yeah. show us the beauty and strength of Jesus. And yeah, that's yeah. So I, I think you know, like in modern day context, if you go to a church, like the the pastor in your church or the elders in your church, the leaders in your church, they ought to point you to Christ. Yeah, they ought to be flawed representations, but representations of Christ is the same, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They ought to point us to God. Well, the Old Testament priesthood, the Old Testament kings, the Old Testament prophets, they were showing us flawed you know, the flawed though they were were showing us who Jesus would become mm. who Jesus what Jesus would fulfill yeah. and just like our pastors today me you anybody like we're flawed versions of that but Jesus is the fulfillment of that yeah. Jesus is the right true and perfect yeah pastor elder prophet priest king yeah. whatever right it's beautiful let me close with one more, man. I'll let yes. you wrap us up. But we talk about Jesus being our advocate, but he is also a guarantee that he will, as the catechism says, take up his members to himself. So take all who believe up to himself. And one of the favorite places to go in this is John six forty four. It says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me, who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Mm. So there's a whole statement being made about how people come to faith in Christ, which is powerful. I hope we, we can have a different conversation on a different day about that. But here's what I want you to hear if you're listening to that. And I will raise him up or her up on the last day. If you are in Christ, your salvation or your eternity is not in question. Not if you are in Christ, your salvation is secure. That's right. That you cannot lose your... If you're truly in Christ, you can't lose that. There's no way. Right, because if you can, you would. Ascension is proof. Yeah, Yeah. well, if it was left up to us, we'd mess it up. That's for sure, right? Yeah. And one more comforting thing, as you're pointing that out, Pastor Jeff, is 
yes, you're kept in him for eternity, but we also see the image in uh, Acts where Stephen dies. Not only are you kept in heaven, man, you are welcome in. It oh, says that, It says that that Jesus, and it says he stands. Stephen is the only one we got. He got a standing O. That's amazing right? because the Bible's very clear that he seated. His work is done, yeah. but he stands to receive his saints. That is humbling and encouraging. And saints, man, as you are listening to this, one of the best things to do in Scripture is to ask a lot of questions. God honors it because you're drawing near to him. And God wants that. He wants to abide in you. So I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've learned some things. I hope we spark some interest and some thoughts and a faith that you haven't, you know, entertained and can continue to grow in your faith. We want to just thank you so much for listening uh, to the Generation Church podcast. Podcast. We release a new episode every Tuesday. It's guilt, grace, and gratitude. So please subscribe so you can get that. Um, download it to your phone, your, your iPad, wherever you listen to podcasts, you get that downloaded uh, automatically. And again, we thank you. And if you can, please write a review and give us a share. Thanks again. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.com.